Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Elite Physique University. I'm John Gorman, your host. Jason, we're going to talk about business today, man. How uh, how excited are you to take a break from uh, physique enhancement? You know what? I actually am kind of excited. I mean, I love physique enhancement, but um, it's sometimes nice to, uh, you know, delve into the business side of things. And I think, you know, a lot of our listeners are diverse and we've got coaches and we've got business men and women. So I think uh, every once in a while, it's nice to uh, sprinkle these in. Yeah. And it's, here's the thing. It was, it was a lot of emails and messages sent in say, Hey, can you cover some stuff for people that are coaches and trainers? Um, And you know what? I think this is also a good time for us to do it because, you know, we're coming off, you know, all the Corona and the COVID-19 stuff. And a lot of people have really had to rethink either the business strategy or what they want to do, or some people are out there crushing it and they need to really think about different ways to expand. And I thought, this is something you and I, we've both talked about it numerous times. Like we've been on other podcasts all over the place. Um, I've spoke on this, the physique summit conference. Yep, yep. We both have a lot of experience. I thought, you know what, man, like let's help some of these people out that are really kind of ready to go to the next level with their fitness yeah. entrepreneurship. So before we get all started um, on all that stuff, cause dude, we've got a long list of stuff to get through here today. Anything new going on with you um, over with your businesses or, or yeah. you in general? Yeah, there is some new stuff going on. Um, you know, it's a time um, right now where um, teams, you know, Team Scooby and, and the coaches that I have, um, we need to grow. Um, I'm getting lots of inquiries and I want to be able to handle them. So I'll be very shortly creating a Team Scooby Prep Instagram where all my coaches can be kind of displayed um, rather than, you know, on my personal business page. Um, website's going to get revamped. Um, you know, I'll be bringing out kind of my hybrid coaching systems type thing and I'll be, I'll be educating my, my coaches in that manner. Um, which really just means, you know, physique, physique with, with a functional, with the functional, uh, medicine, nutrition type, um, you know, twist. Um, and so to do that, we've brought another employee. Um, so that's going to be cool. He's going to be managing a lot of the social media, um, working with our, our companies that do our lab designs and do, you know, ads and different things like that. And so that'll help me move some things along because I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not able to get it all done. Um, and you know, I guess if I didn't train um, you know, that's two hours I'd get back during the day, but I love to train and it keeps me who I am. So in any event, we are bringing on someone. So we're expanding, we're growing. He's going to also help with new ethics, the back end, a lot of the forecasting. That's a tough thing, which you're going to find out in the supplement business keeping your forecast because it's changing daily you, you run a sale you know that changes your forecast you know you have a spike in sales because someone posted a post on instagram that changes your forecast so we need to bring someone on that's kind of got their uh, finger on that pulse a little bit um more extensively and meaning pretty much daily <laughs> yeah i mean those are good things you know moving the businesses along yeah no that that's great and what what i've learned you know a, a while ago whenever i owned two gyms and we'll talk about that just a little bit is man, you've got to have good people around because I'm, I'm the type person. I'm like, fuck it. I can do it all. I can do it all. And then I'm like, damn it. Um, and you're not kidding, man. Forecasting with supplements. I'm like two and a half weeks in and I'm like, holy shit, what is going on? Like, yeah, man, it's, it's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And it's fun. You know, we, we've been sold out of a couple, we got them back in. And then the ones I thought were going to sell like hotcakes, aren't moving as much. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just fun. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's like in chess, like one move ahead and you got to be like, right now, you know, this manufacturer needs 10 weeks. This one needs 14, you know, it's just all like moving things around. But um, yeah, it's just that it's time man. we're growing fast on all levels. And like you said, you've got to have good people around you. You know, I, my boss told me when I worked in corporate law in house, he said, He's like, why do you think I have you and all these other people? He's like, I need people around me that are smarter than me. You know, I'll make me look good. So yeah, I agree. You got to have good people. Yeah. And that kind of leads into what's new with me this week. Um, I mean, we're getting ready to drop a new sleep aid that we're recording on Thursday. I dropped that on Friday. So that'll be up if you guys want to check it out um, on fatmuscleproject.com. But the thing that kind of hit me out of nowhere, like I said, we're like two and a half weeks in from our launch and, um, I mean, everybody that's been following on social, they've, they've, they've saw that I've been all in the St. Louis area and the Midwest, yeah. all over Missouri. And I had six um, supplement stores pick my stuff up and want to start carrying Great. it. 
And I knew that eventually I would do that. And I planned on actually reaching out to them. I wasn't prepared to have, especially in the St. Louis area, like, dude, they were, they came knocking. They're like, Hey, we want to carry your stuff now. And it's cool because they want to carry more stuff that was from like a natural line, like the natural proteins and stuff like that. Yep. So long story short, that is what kind of threw my forecasting off because I wasn't prepared, but I wasn't going to fucking say no. So I'm like, you know what, man, I'm going to hand deliver supplements to every single person that orders. Um, And we're doing some cool stuff, like people that do bigger orders, like we're we're having banners made, stuff like that. We're going to throw in and we're just having fun with it, man. Like really, really having fun, but to have six stores, you know, right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, and that's not counting the, the two gyms that, that it's in too. So yeah, things are, things are good, man. Things are good. I may be texting you, blowing you up, being like, man, what the fuck did you let me get into over here? But <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're having fun with it, but, um, dude, so that brings us to our topic today. I mean, you know, we're able to sit here and talk about, you know, bringing on employees, talk about supplements launching and, and all this different stuff because man, we started out as coaches back in the day and that that's always been our bread and butter. So real quick, let's, we're going to hit on that to start, but let's talk about, let's run down what we're both involved in. And this isn't for us to brag or do anything like that. I want our listeners to understand, maybe it's the first time they've ever listened to anything we put out. Here's all the stuff that we're involved in from the business side. I'll list mine off. I I own Tim Gorman. It's an online coaching business. That's my bread and butter. I have a hundred full-time clients year round. And that's what I do, getting people to stage. Like everybody kind of knows that's what we do as diet coaches. We put people on stage or just get them healthy or get them looking their best. So I own that. Um, I own, I had owned two Anytime Fitness Gyms. I just sold one in December because I knew I was going to launch the Fat Muscle Project supplement line. And that's what I just launched. So I've got one gym now, just launched the supplement line. Um, I own the Physique Summit Conference, which you've been at a ton, and most people here are familiar with that. It's pretty much the largest bodybuilding conference that I think that there is, period, just devoted just to strictly bodybuilding, and we've had that around since 2015. I've written three books. I've got the fourth is actually done. I just have to get a cover made for it, Um, Nice, but it's actually done. I just have to read over it one more time, make sure I don't want to change anything, but that's done. So books, I've launched a DVD do online courses similar to you. You kind of paved the way for, for a lot of us to do stuff like that. So I teach some online Zoom courses. Um, and I do a lot of public speaking and camps and consulting. So like, man, those are all things that I do to make money. So just to kind of give people, you know, we're going to talk about yeah. a lot of that stuff. What yeah. about you, Jason? What all, what all are you involved in? I mean, I think it's very important. Like you said, you have to understand that coaching was the bread and butter and it builds your base. And obviously the better you are at that, the higher your demand rises. And then you get, you know, ability to have these other opportunities. But, you know, I have Scooby prep, you know, that is where I, I, you know, I consult out of for nutrition, contest prep, fixing hormones, all those different things that, that we touch. Um, and then uh, the Physique Education Collective, I have ownership in that. We, we do, um, we bring in groups of coaches and have like kind of more intimate settings, uh, 30 to 40 and uh, educate. Um, and then Vince, my business partner on New Ethics, him and I do consulting where we will go and teach topics to teams. So teams that, you know, um, are, you know, 10, 15 deep, um, they contact us and we go out and we we basically spend the weekend and, and educate them on a Friday and Saturday. And those are really fun and really cool. Um, and then I've got feed for function. Um, we have like a 55% ownership in that that's coaching software for coaches to stay organized, but I also use it with my people. Um, it allows me to take on a, you know, a higher, higher load of clients, but that is also a revenue stream for us. Um, because we have other coaches and their teams who pay to use the site, they buy a license and, um, and use the site. And then I have new ethics, um, 50% owner in that. Um, and that's going extremely well. I have Natty nutrition website, which used to be a consulting business as well. And my wife ran her clients out of there because she's so busy with new ethics. We no longer do that. And we, it's just a supplement site for, for to order supplements. And we still have clients from years ago who still just go to that site. Um, we still have Slintrol and Natty new, uh, suppressed still being produced under that line. Um, there's still a small cult falling for that and it is lucrative. And so we still make those. Um, I do zoom classes, um, usually run about 10 to 20 people in each class. Um, and it works really well. Um, but if you're going to do that, make sure you pay to have the zooms, uh, 
package. Um, otherwise, you can only have so many people on a call and it ends after 45 minutes. I do mentorships. Um, I was supposed to start back up in June, but I've got my hands in so much stuff that I haven't really taken it back on. But I do have one gal right now that I'm mentoring um, and I'm helping her with like some of her like higher level clients. So making sure she's making the right moves. Um, I do lab reading. People hire me. It's 300 bucks. I will read your labs, type up everything that is at issue, what supplements to help, what to do with your diet and kind of what to do with your training. And then, you know, it's kind of on you to, to kind of follow through with the plan and, and help fix yourself. Um, and then I also do just 300 per hour for consults, get on the phone. I usually do a zoom. Um, and it, and I'll talk about anything they want to talk about. Um, and then I people train with me. Like a lot of local people will take me up on this. It's a hundred bucks. You come and train with me. I'm training next to you. Um, I'll show you, you know, how to use different, you know, techniques and whatever might be your weak part. And people take me up on that as well. So those are some of the revenue streams that I have going on. Yeah, man, that's quite a bit. And you listed, you did list public speaking, correct? I know you said you yes. guys go and teach, but yeah. like, like people like me, pay you to come speak yes. at the physique summit conference and physique other summit. places like yep. that. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, like you're getting highly sought after speaker too. So, um, so let's, let's really kind of break this down and I want to lay the, the foundation here. A lot of people, and I've seen this over the last 15 years, a lot of people try and put the cart before the horse, so to speak, and they're a trainer and they've got four or five clients, but they want to like start a supplement line or they want to write a book. And that was me. And I've told this story before. I still have the table of contents for my first book I wanted to write in 2008. I wanted to call it Nutra Shaping. Like I still have it saved. And oh, wow. I, was a, I was a trainer for one year. Right. And I wanted to be Bill Phillips, man. Like Bill Phillips yeah. was always my guy. He wrote Body for Life. And yep. I've I been through the Body for Life Challenge a few times, had my clients doing it. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to write a book. And um, I yeah. kept that because if I would have written that book then, it would have been trash. You know what I mean? I didn't have yep. the experience. I didn't have the client base to sell it to. Like who the hell was going to buy right. my book? Right. So I keep that as a reminder of to be patient. And you have to really kind of build that client base. So, you know, over oh, the God, years, yeah. shit, you know, it, it, it took from 2007 to 2010 before I really got a decent client base. And it wasn't until really 2011. Then I was making a full-time living as a coach. So my point is with a lot of this stuff, we see people, they, they try and go hard and heavy a little too soon. I mean, you, you've probably seen a lot of that, especially in the supplement industry, right? I've seen it a lot, man. Um, and you know, my, I think just as a person, my, the way I do things is I kind of feel the waters out. I've never been a jump in with two feet. I kind of put a toe in and kind of see how the landscape's going, watch a few people fail and then kind of jump in. So like, I'm really, you know, after what I started my business at 29, um, I'm now in my forties and really now in my forties is when things are really starting to be able to be harvested. As I would say, like, like you can really, you know, kind of take your brand and your reputation and really kind of, you know, find all these different revenue streams. So it's going to take time. And I think some people get, you know, a little disenfranchised with maybe that, that aspect, but yes, it takes time. I mean, you know, I've been at it 15 years and now I have all these different revenue streams, but it doesn't come fast. Like you got to perfect your coaching and be sought after. And then you can kind of head down these other streams. Yeah. And, and I, I want to talk about circle of influence just for a second, because, and I hate to use the word influence because that some people think that's manipulative and it's not. But what I mean by that is, you know, by the time, you know, we're five, 10 years into coaching, we have a circle of people that, that trust what we have to say. Um, either we've helped them as clients, we've put out podcasts or we've just put out, honestly with us, it was a lot of the time before this was a lot of posts, a lot of yes. information, a lot of answering DMS and, and yep. emails and stuff, just literally helping people. And what that does is that creates a circle of influence over time. So, you know, 10 years into this, we both worked with, you know, probably well over a thousand clients by then. Yes. Those are people that you can also monetize. And, and I don't mean that as like, just look at people as a way to monetize them, but these are people who will happily buy, whatever it is you're selling, whether it's a class, whether you write a book, rehire you for a diet because you've already helped them. And that's what I mean by your circle of influence, the people around you. And you have to be able to build that base large enough to whenever you go start to do these things on the side that we're going to talk about, you actually have people who are going to buy your shit. So, yeah. um, 
I mean, I know that's been crucial for both of us, but man, I see a lot of people, they think it's all about social media and they're following on social media, but look at our followers. I think we both have like 14, 15,000 followers on Instagram or Facebook's the same, like it's okay, but holy fuck, is it powerful? Because people will literally, literally listen to what we have to say and respect it or they'll listen to the podcast. And if I go put a book out, people are going to buy it. So, you know, what are your thoughts on? on that kind of influence versus like social media influence and how important is social media to you right now? Well, those are all really good questions. So, you know, I think like you said, the circle of influence is really, it's really important. You know, I've always been, I can't tell someone how to do it, you know, because maybe the way I do it just doesn't work for you. But I always answer people's questions. Like, you know, if someone asks me something, I, I answer it. And so, like you said, that starts to build not only reputation around the industry it's all that guy, someone who will help out. But like you said, I've had people recommend me to someone, not because they worked with me, but because I always answered their questions and they're like, Oh yeah, so-and-so told me to come work with you. And little they know that person never worked with me. They just trusted me because I've, I've always answered their questions and giving them proper information. So I think that's huge. And I I think that, you know, you really should be ready to answer questions and give away info like that to people. I've had people literally, after I've spent, you know, 10 minutes on a DM say, what's your PayPal? And I'm like, nah, it's cool, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm doing fine. I don't, I don't need money for this. Like it's all good, you know? And they're like, wow, okay, really? You know, but it's nice that people offer that, but you know, I I don't do it for that reason. So I agree 100% build your circle of influence that way. And then as far as like social media, I, I wish I could play it down more, but I mean, Instagram is pretty important to me these days. Um, you know, I get a lot of inquiries that say, Hey, I've listened to your podcast or I read a post you made, or I saw your story. You helped out this gal. Our, our stories are exactly the same. Do you think you can help me? So for me, Instagram's really important. I stay off Facebook because I'll read it just to kind of see the shit show that's going on in the world, but (laughs) I don't really post much on Facebook. Like I don't have time to argue with people. Um, And that's what it kind of comes down to. So Instagram is huge for me. And like you said, like my followers at 14 K, but my followers are very active. When I post something, I'll get lots of responses and that's the kind of following you need. Like just to have 60 K but they barely like your shit and barely talk and interact. It, it doesn't mean much. You have to have um, kind of a devoted following who respects what you have to put out and likes to interact with you. And that's how you build a brand and how you build, you know, a six, a seven figure um, coaching business. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that you went there because I want to, I want to reverse that a little bit and, and dig in a little bit deeper. So our, our people listening can really understand Whenever I teach, I usually teach this class like as a guest lecturer at colleges to people who are getting ready to go out and be, you know, personal trainers or any kind nice, of, yep. you know, someone in the fitness industry. And I, yep. and I try and help them understand that it, your social media is important if you grow it the right way. So whenever you and I got started, a lot of it was just, we took such good care of our clients. And I tell people this all the time, if you have five or 10 clients, if you take such good care of them, then social media becomes important because you, you post the results, people can see that kind of stuff, but it's really the clients that you're taking care of that your hands are on now. They're the ones that are going to grow your business. You take yes. care of one person, they tell four to five. Yes. And the next thing you know, your, your client base is just growing like crazy. And a lot of people miss the boat. They're so focused on trying to grow their Instagram. But if you've got five or 10 clients, you need to focus on them harder than anything else. Yeah. Yep. Post them up on Insta and stuff like that. But then it gets to the point where you have a social media following like mine or like yours to where we do have 15,000, but dude, it's 15,000 people, mostly of people that we've been helping out or they've heard about us from a friend. So it's not, it's not like some of these, you know, you, you mentioned people that post booty pics, shit like that. Yeah. They have a large following, but they're not going to sell shit. They're going to get a bunch of likes and comments. So to me, it's important to be able to build your social the right way because Man, we just didn't, honestly, I know we wouldn't make as much money, but I know if we just kept doing what we did and stayed off social, people would still spread the word for us. Like we'd still have a full-time coaching business. I just, that's correct. Yeah. But I I agree with that too. Yeah. Other stuff, man, fuck social is huge. Like you have to these days because that's where everyone's eyeballs are at, you know? Yes. 
100%. If you're not leveraging that, then, you know, you got to start, you know, at, at, at 101 and, and, and walk back on down. So I think most people listening probably try to leverage it. And then it's like, you know, are they doing the right things? You know? Um, but I think it, I, for me, I think it's important. Okay. Let's go ahead and start jumping into some of these different ways that people can make money. And you know what, here, I have one place that I wanted to bring up. There, there is a book out there. I think it's called 100 or I'm sorry, a thousand true fans or something along mm-hmm. that line. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is it, it lays down the fact that if you have a hundred or if you have a thousand people that you can influence yep. that you've helped or a thousand people who value that will spend money with you, if they spend a hundred dollars a year with you, yep. that's six figures a year. That's a hundred thousand yep. dollars. So all you yep. need is a thousand people. And that's, that's actually more than people think, but a thousand people that care enough about you to spend a hundred dollars a year. Yep. And you make six figures a year. So, I mean, think about that. And if you really want to scale it, that, that gives you an idea of, of what you can do. So I know from a coaching business, you know, if you're a really good coach, six figures really isn't that hard. And I'm not trying to no. look at anybody making less than that. But these days, if you're fucking good and you take care of clients, they spread the word for you. Like six figures is pretty, is pretty attainable. Wouldn't you? Right. Agree? Right. I mean, I've, I already, you know, I know, I know plenty of guys, um, you know, are five years in that are about, you know, around the 250 mark, 225, 200. Um, so, you know, but they do all the things right. You know, they put out good, solid, free content and, um, you know, they're, they're growing. So yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing what, what you're able to do doing something you love, but it all comes back to, you have to be good. Right. Exactly. So let's talk, let's start talking about some of these different things that you can do once you have a nice following a nice client base and you're ready to kind of step out and make extra money and people want to pay to hear you. So public speaking, when did you really get into public speaking? Was it around the physique summit or had you been doing it prior to that? I think it was around the physique summit. Like, you know, I had done stuff for law as a lawyer. Um, but when it came to, um, you know, someone wanting my knowledge passed along in terms of a presentation, I'm pretty sure it was uh, the first time was was the was the physique summit. Did you ever do like any bodybuilding camps or any any stuff like that? No, I don't think I did. I think that I think my first presentation was at the physique summit. I believe. Gotcha. I started off a little bit different, and that's because there are so many little mini bodybuilding camps here here in the Midwest and the Missouri, Kansas City, mm-hmm. St. Louis yep. area. Um, you know, I started getting a lot of people requesting me to come talk at bodybuilding camps where we're all sitting around. There's 20 of us. We all sit around right. in a circle with chairs, bring your own chairs. And I'd have some handouts and talk about here's what you eat the day of the show. And like, here's, right. you know, do you drink water or not? Like all that stuff because people just wanted that. And that's kind of how I cut my teeth with public speaking. And it was in a room of full of 20 people. And when you first start doing it, you're scared shitless because public speaking is the number one fear that there is in the world. And so it, it, you know, you're worried, especially when you're new to it, like you're going to think people are judging you or they're, yeah, and they are. And especially if you get off track. So I kind of started out doing that. I also did body for life um, camps where I'd have like five to yeah. 10 people show up at the gyms that I used to manage from like 2007 to 2010. I did them for free for the members. But what it was is I didn't realize at the time it was practice. Like it was practice getting better, speaking in front of people and being confident in myself. Yep. And I always, by default, I would only speak on something I felt like I was an expert in, or I knew that I could answer any question about. And I, man, I see a lot of people, they worry about public speaking because they're going to try and speak on a topic that they don't know a lot <laughs> they don't about. Know a lot, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's going to create anxiety uh, within anyone. <laughs> yeah. That idea. How, how was your, uh, let's see, your first time speaking was at the 2000, I mean, you were on the Q&A panel in 2015, but 2000, I'm sorry, 2016, 2017, yeah. you did insulin sensitivity in front yeah. of a packed house yes. at First Form headquarters, yeah. um, which is something you can talk about blindfolded without a PowerPoint presentation. How'd you feel going up there the first time in front of, you know, I, I was nervous. Um, like my first, I'd say minute or two, like you have that like where your voice isn't quite strong. It's kind of like wavering because you're like adrenaline so high type feeling. Um, but you know, it's like anything, once you settle in, you know, your you know, your info. 
Um, it works itself out. I mean, I don't have like a huge fear of public speaking. Like I know there's people who have that and I'm sure that's going to be a lot harder to work through, but I certainly was nervous about it. And, um, you know, but I had done podcasts before, which is different because you're not in person with all those people, but that I had done that speaking on topics. Um, so I guess that helped a little bit. And then, you know, being a lawyer, there's times when you get up in front of a court or, you know, a panel, um, uh, different types of like tribunals. And, um, so I had done that type of stuff, but, uh, yeah, man, I was, you're going to be nervous. Um, it's just, if it's something you want to do, you, you're only gonna get better practicing it. Now it's really not that big of a deal to me. Um, but that first one was pretty rough. Yeah. I, I know probably the most nervous I've ever been was actually when I launched the supplement line in front of 40 people at the gym and I had, my phone was on me and we went live on Facebook and I think it got like three or 4,000 views, which is a lot. But yeah. the reason why I got nervous is because I, I started to um, actually get a little bit emotional about why I started the supplement line because you and I know behind the scenes, like, you mm -hmm. know, stuff with first form and I'm not going to talk bad about them, but I got emotional because I wanted to start this to do things how I feel is right. And I started to, you know, not like choke up and tear up, but trying to talk in front of those people and, and like really express that emotion. Then I got fucking yep. nervous. I'm like, don't yep. you? don't you choke up motherfucker. Like you're on the spot in front of people, which made me fucking choke up. So right, right, um, right. people right. there saw it, but you know what? They don't care, man. Like we're all, no, we're all no, no. they're and all there that, to support. That time we had to award, you were up there. We had to award, um, John Meadows, the, uh, the first annual, um, physique summit inspiration award yes. a couple of years ago. And I had to read the words from Dr. Scott Stevenson. John starts crying on stage and I'm like, yeah. Oh shit, here I go. Like right. my throat starts choking up and I've got the mic and I'm like, right. Hope, you know, I'm hoping everybody's looking at him cause he's up there you know, right. tearing up and I'm like, Oh shit. So those, those are the only times I get nervous anymore, but right. you're right, man. It just comes from practice and just doing it in front of, I think it's harder to do it in front of 15 people than it is a large crowd, honestly. Um, because you just have so short, more you know, intimate, I guess. Very intimate. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Let, let's Either way, y'all just got to jump in and practice it. If, if it's something you're interested in, um, you just got to jump in and practice it. And you might even have to volunteer, like just say you'll show like, cause I didn't get, I don't think I got paid that first year when I was on the Q and a, like you just show up, like, you know, if someone gives you an opportunity, show up, do yeah. it. And if, if you're not paid and then, you know, you've got your feet wet. And, um, the next one, you know, will, will lead to, to being paid. So sometimes you just got to take that opportunity and, and do it for free. Yeah. And I think that's a great point. Um, go out and create those opportunities, volunteer yep. to speak. I, I did that at camps too, as well. And I'll st I volunteer to go speak at colleges. It just keeps me sharp, honestly. Um, but I also promote that I'm out there doing that. So it doesn't, yep. it, you know, there was one time Texas A&M, um, over in commerce, Texas, they saw that I had been traveling around to colleges speaking and dude, they paid me handsomely to travel down there and talk for a whole weekend. And I had a blast, but it's the fact that, you know, I was putting it out on social that I was doing it. So my point is like people, you, you really don't wait for people to come ask you to come no. speak. You've got to create those opportunities. Yeah. If it's something you really want to do, you got to create them. You might even have to start with, um, you know, there's a million and one podcasts out there, throw your name out to 10 of them. Someone will probably interview you, you know? Um, and then you can put that on social. And even though it's not speaking in public, you're still speaking and uh, getting your voice out there. So, you know, you might have to do that angle as well. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about um, these online courses because this is, yep. this is newer for a lot of people. And yep. like I said, you kind of, you kind of kicked this off and paved the way I knew I was wanting to do it, but I was going to like try and do a Facebook group and Facebook live. And yep. when you kind of talked about zoom, I'm like, well, fuck man, I can just, I can just use zoom instead of however the hell I was trying yep. to do it. And I was trying to save it to my website and do all this yep. other shit. Like it's so, so much easier. The point with the zoom classes is you're really using your inner, inner circle to start, right? Like you, you've had a, how many, how many of your clients have actually came and been a part of those or has it just been mostly people from outside like on, you know what on i mean it's more outside followers i i do have clients who do want to learn it because you know they're going through it themselves and they've got like kind of a rough understanding now but they want that like clinical where you know i'm i'm just telling them every single thing of why and so they do sign up but honestly i'm getting more people that are just followers or they've been told about it and they're hitting me up i mean i'm on my sixth one 
next week. And it's been, I've never had trouble putting in at least the 10. I've got 17 in this next one. So um, I had to I had to turn people away and I already have a waiting list. Uh, I have four pre signups for the next one. They don't even know the date. They just paid because they want to not miss it. So um, yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's a great way to educate others um, it's a nice revenue stream and I enjoy teaching and what it does is it enforces it, it reinforces the knowledge for me because every time someone probably, they almost always ask one or two questions at the end that I don't know the answer to. So I have to go research it and then get back to them. And that causes me to learn more and maybe sometimes go down further rabbit holes and learn even more. So there's really no drawback to doing classes. I mean, and if you don't have the following or the the name, you know, behind 15 years of doing this, like, you know, you and I do, um, you can do a class for free, like show people what you can do. And then, you know, if you're good, someone will probably say, man, I would have paid for that. And then now you're like, well, what would you have paid? Oh, I would have paid you 250. All right, well, I'll try next time. See if someone pays me. So sometimes you, you know, if you don't have the 15 years behind you, you might have to do some things for free. But uh, yeah, like the Zoom classes work awesome. And, and I've had really good feedback. Yeah. And it's something to where, you know, if someone does have a, a good following people, they're super interested in that. I mean, you're talking about a healthy income. I mean, a real healthy oh, side yeah. income for, oh, yeah. you know, it's not a ton of time spent. Um, but the time was spent in the 15, 20 years gathering the damn knowledge. Correct. Right. But Correct. it's not, if you're the person teaching, it's not a lot of time on your end and the turnaround is extremely good. And man, I'm impressed. Like I said, I'm glad you turned me on to zoom because man, you can put your PowerPoint presentations up there. Oh I re- yeah, I record mine, so I have them recorded on my end. I, I don't send it out because people pay for yep. it. You but know, you can I record it on your end. Yep. yep. Yeah, and I can go back and look. And if I do want to release it later, um, you can record the audio if you ever want that. Um, but man, Zoom is the way to go. And I think you said earlier in the show you can just pay, and I can't remember how much is a month, like maybe twenty bucks or fifteen bucks or something. Yep to be able to have the upgraded option and you can use it for all kinds of other stuff. I mean, we're recording our podcast on zoom right now. So I think zoom is, is pretty critical, but you also hit on probably the best point is, you know, if not, if you don't have that following, start doing some for free, like go to your gym. If you're a trainer at your gym, go to your gym manager and say, Hey, can I put a, a flyer up in the gym and hang them on the bathroom doors going in and say, Hey, zoom class on flexible dieting or, you know, fat loss class. And, put a PowerPoint presentation together and everybody can join on zoom. And if you get five people, great. And if you do it for free, great. If you charge 50 bucks, it's 250 bucks you didn't have, but you're getting, you're getting experience and you're also building that up because if you're real good, those people, and this is mine, dude, my classes that I've been doing, they're filling up with the same people from the prior class. Mm-hmm. They're all like, Hey, I want to be in the next class. And, and that's because I, I've, I've just been doing like a different topic each month. So yeah. If you're real good, those people are going to come back or they're going to spread the word for you. So definitely 100%. something I think everyone should kind of, you know, think about. Let's talk it's a about great revenue stream. It's a great revenue stream. And, you know, again, you have to like teaching, but I feel like most coaches have that bone in their body, at least a bit, you know, that they like passing on knowledge and they like teaching people um, so that the profession can be better you have that drive it's an excellent side revenue stream yeah no i agree let me uh let me drag let me crack this one get it's okay i'll take a cordy i should have had one of those today myself (laughs) i'll just chase it with cordy's (laughs) by by the way the only the only shitty review we've gotten somebody's like all these guys do is talk about cordy's i'm like so i had to at least listen it's a business podcast (laughs) i had to throw the cordy's in just once So speaking of supplements, let's talk about um, launching your own supplement line. And this is a huge podcast, you know, all about itself. And you'll probably, you know, bring Steph on or somebody, you know, or maybe either maybe do Wealth Meadows at some point, but starting your own supplement line. Obviously, I just started mine and I'm like 15 years in and I just started to the point to where it has taken off and it's done really well. You guys are a little bit different. You guys started out with Nat. Talk a little bit about that. You guys started out with Natty back in the beginning with Slintrol yep. and some other products. And I, I remember because I used to carry it and sell it at my gym for you guys. Yep. Yep. Um, but you guys started off early um, instead of, yeah. of building it up, but it did well. Talk, talk a little bit yeah. about that. How so, hard was that to get going? You know, so here's the deal. Like I always said, if I'm going to do any supplement line, 
you know, I, I, I got to bring something new. And at the time when Natty Nutrition was really young, um, I had been mentored by a guy named uh, Mark Rosmini. And you know, Mark, uh, also went by the name of Tipsta. Um, and man, this guy, he was ruthless sometimes. He would just call people out like blatant and not think anything of it. Um, but he turned me on to glucose disposal agents and using a glucometer and different things. And I was helping my people buy all these different ingredients. And, uh, I told Steph, I'm like, you know, we really should just put this in a formula. And she's like, yeah, why don't we? And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't have the manufacturer. I don't have the time right now. I was still a lawyer. I was still, you know, probably helping by 75 people, uh, clients. And she's like, well, I'll do the research and you know, we'll figure it out. And so we found a manufacturer and, um, it's just so. And uh, the ingredients in cilantrol weren't, you know, outrageous. So we were like, well, let's just try this. So we put it together. I think we ordered a thousand uh, of, of it because you, you had to do that for a full run. And I think the, the bottom line was like three ninety five a bottle. And so it was only, what, four grand to, to, to test the waters, which is cheap. And it did really well. And so then we brought out Suppressed. And that was like basically Estrocort's, um, you know, first, uh, you know, predecessor or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so, but then we started to bring out protein and we started to bring out creatine and we started to bring out glutamine and, you know, it just, I, I wasn't all there yet. Like my knowledge wasn't there yet to build these products that I really wanted. And I felt like we were just kind of, we had these two nice flagship products and everything else we were adding was just kind of copycat, real simple which would have been fine. I mean, someone would, you know, my clients would have bought creatine from us, but it just didn't feel like all the nuts and bolts were there for me yet. And so we ended up just packing it in. We kept Slintrol and Suppress. We still make it. It still sells. Um, you know, it's a nice little income stream. I probably make 100K off both of them per year doing absolutely nothing other than running, you know, 2,000 bottles. Um, and so, but I always knew that I would come back to the supplement game it's just it wasn't quite right and you're right it was probably too early for me I didn't have all the knowledge I needed to bring something new and that's what I wanted it to be and it just wasn't so so we canned it even though it probably would have taken off um and then we got into new ethics and I can pause there if you you know want me to well you know it's it's interesting because I'm the type of person I like to study other people you know even though we're mm -hmm. close friends I dude I study everybody successful mm -hmm. people I study them and I just, I watched you guys with Natty for a long time. And like I said, I, I carry the products. Never thought I would own my own supplement line or, right. or launch it here in just until a couple of years ago. And actually, I think you were the first one I even talked to about it yeah. yep. way back in the day. So it, it was always kind of interesting. I'm curious, how important though was it that you actually did launch all that stuff early and learned from a lot of the stuff, like especially carrying the proteins and shipping yep. and all that stuff, yep. manufacturers, like was that super important with how you're doing stuff with new ethics now? I mean, do you think that helped new ethics become a better company? Oh, 100% it did for, for one. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. So we had a different manufacturer for Slintrol and suppressed and I really trusted them, but the manufacturer we had for our protein, I forget what happened, but I mean, the shit tasted delicious. Um, which, you know, great. Um, but something happened and we both looked at each other, Steph and I were like, that doesn't feel right. Like it was something with ingredients and I don't quite remember. I, I truly don't, but we both looked at each other and like, I don't know if we trust this. So, you know, at that point in time, it was like, I, my coaching career was taken off really well. And I was, I don't want to have anything out there that isn't top of the line and comes back what's on the label. Right. And we really didn't have the money at the time to do third party studies and do all these different things. And so I just said, you know what, I just don't think the time's right. And so when we went with new ethics, we made it, we wanted to be very sure that we had manufacturers that were following, you know, obviously the GMP, but even like, you know, the, the, like the NSF and all these other certifications to make sure everything was done right. And that everything that we said was on the label was actually in the bottle. And so, you know, when we launched New Ethics, that was one of the things we have all of our assays uh, of the products online. And you can look up your serial number on your, on your product and see that it was tested uh, off the line to have what, what it says is on the bottle. And I believe that's important. You know, not does everyone go and look it up? No, but they can. 
And so they're getting what they're paying for. And so that kind of paved the way um, from, from Natty Nutrition into New Ethics. And then, like I said, I always knew that I'd come back, but I had to have something novel and new to bring to the sport or else I just felt like I would be saturating an area and I was worried that it wouldn't work. So yeah, it was important to do that for us at least. Yeah. And you guys have always done a great, a great job of of standing out and being completely different. I mean, I can't really think of another company that does what you guys do and you stick to it. Um, Because I talked to you guys back in the day, I'm like, Hey, did you ever think about a pre-workout? And you're like, man, you know what? It just doesn't, yeah, we'd make a lot of fucking money, but it doesn't fit our message. And and I have a lot of respect for that. And you guys have done well. I know with me, with, with fat muscle, it's a little bit different because I, I did take my time and I really just waited. And most of the people buying our stuff and, and it's, sell, it's selling well. I mean, obviously we're not fucking millionaires overnight. No one ever does it that way. No, but, it's going to take a while. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm super happy with the response, but dude, most of it is people we know. Like all these orders that come through, I look, I look at them all. Like I write on the, I write on the orders whenever I can get into the shipping, you know, once all that stuff's being done, I like to write on there and say, thank you. And it, dude, it's, it's all the people that, that we know. So I would say 80% people we know, clients, former clients, friends, people at the gyms, just whatever, or people I've answered questions to. So my point of bringing that up is, is it's doing well. And I know it's super early. Like I might go dry or something in three months. I don't know, but it's, it's had such a good response. And I know that's the point I want to make is I took a long time and I've got a base of people that are interested in my stuff. They trust the information I put out. And that's what I need trainers and coaches to, to listen to. Don't get in so much of a hurry to try and go put this stuff out. And it's also probably why I could launch with, you know, multiple products and yes. just come out with one because if right. it was 2010, I probably would have done what you did and, and came out yep. with like, you know, one, we had like one. Ventral. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just, it just goes to show you've got to put that time in, but like I said, yeah. that's a whole other, I'd love to get into the nuts and bolts and behind the scenes and, and Oh yeah. That. Like, you know, we could go into like how much money did we put in? Like when sure. did we finally take profits? Like our whole like strategy, but you know, as far as a revenue stream, it can be a good revenue stream for sure. Um, but like, like you've said, you have to have that base brand and goodwill built into what you're offering, I think. Yeah. And there's another way too, if you want to get into the supplement business, you don't have to own your own supplements. There's affiliate programs out there. And I, obviously everybody knows I was a first form for a long time, six years, a ton of good experiences up there, good friends that I made, um, made some good money there. And I was with this company called NRGX for like four years before that. I remember that. Yeah. So, and I've always been an affiliate and, you know, you can make money off of that. You guys have an affiliate. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We have affiliate program and we have some people getting, you know, two grand checks that we cut once a month from that. That's a nice stipend. I mean, they have the people that that's happening. They have a big following. But, um, you know, even like certain coaches, like we're kind of the coaches brand. A lot of coaches use this and, you know, I'm routinely writing checks for five, 600, 700 bucks to these coaches. So, you know, that's a car payment, man. Like I remember one guy was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get that. Uh, what did he want? Like a big, like one of those big, like huge, like, um, not like, not a Range Rover, but just a, a massive, I forget what it's called, but they're like $70,000 cars. He's like, yeah, you know, I got that 700 usually coming in. I'm just going to say, I kind of putting all that towards that. And I'm like, yeah, man, go do your thing. So, uh, you can make a nice little chunk and here's the thing, find a, find a company that you really trust and that they have a nice offering for what you need. And you're going to be recommending those products anyways. So you might as well be getting a kickback and you're helping that company grow. So they don't mind. I don't mind writing that check because they're helping spread the word. No, exactly. And that's, like I said, that's what I did with the first form for a while. It was a decent percentage. Now I didn't push it super hard um, because I had to be, had to be real careful. There was a supplement stu- uh, superstore here in the area and I didn't want to take away from them. And honestly, a lot of the times I just sent people to get the products because I just, I didn't really yeah. need, I was doing fine. Right. So I didn't push it super hard, but it, it was, it was money, you know, it was, it was yep. a few hundred extra bucks a month if I, if I wanted it. But I just, I had a problem asking people all the time because I'm constantly asking them here, buy my books or here, come to the physique summit or yeah. bye, bye, bye. So I have to be real careful. So for me being in a, a supplement company affiliate, 
I always had trouble, you know, I would ask my clients, I'm like, Hey, I trust these supplements. Um, go ahead and buy these. So you're right. You know, I, I, I do trust first form stuff. I send people to new ethics. Actually, we have something set up for this podcast just so people can save money. Um, and, and, you know, we've, we've seen the numbers on that and it's done well, but we're not out there pushing the shit out of it. Right. If someone really wanted to get behind it and really, really do that, you know, an affiliate program can be big. And especially when it's stuff, your clients will, will, respect the trust and the product. And that's, I think that's the point you were trying to make. So you yeah. do have to be careful though. There are a lot of companies out there that they just want you to push like hell, like post every single day, ask, oh, after, yeah. Yeah, yeah, ask yeah. and you're going to turn people off yep. and it's just not going to work out. So yeah, we like to leave it more, a little more organic, uh, um, you know, cause everyone's following's a little different. Like some people can hammer them a little more. Some people have to be a little more, you know, um, structured or easygoing about it. And so we like to kind of respect that, um, and not be too onerous in our contracts with like, Oh, you got to post every day, you know, at this time. And it's gotta be, you know, three times a day. We just don't, we don't get into all that. Right. Yeah. And, and to me, the best affiliates to me are always going to be the coaches who have clients that respect and will listen to them. Like those are, I, I don't have affiliates with fat muscle and I don't plan on that for quite a while. We're just not ready. You know how it was in yep. the beginning. Yep. Um, you know, we might sponsor some people and we'll do a whole podcast on that coming up soon. But yes, you know, when it comes to, you know, if you really are like, man, am I cut out for that? Listen, if you have clients that respect you and will listen to you, that to me is gold. That's yes. the kind of person I want representing my company as a, as a, uh, as a sales rep or, or however you want to label it. So I would rather have that than somebody with a giant Instagram following um, because it's just people trust you. There's loyalty there, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, like, especially with our brand, like there's education involved, you know, um, it's not like just staying, telling someone to take creatine, you know? So we, we definitely look at, you know, other coaches who, who kind of get it um, and can, can, can explain like, this is why you need this XYZ product. So, you know, a lot of coaches generally have a little bit higher understanding of the ingredients and what things are meant to do. So that helps us. We obviously, anyone who wants to be an affiliate who, you know, takes the products, believes in it, we're not turning them away, but like coaches, um, we, we really, you know, like to grab coaches because they have that extra ability to explain. Yeah, no, makes, makes great sense. Let's talk about something real quick. And I don't know how much experience you have with this. I have quite a bit. Let's talk about starting an apparel line. So back when 2016, myself, Leslie and Jay, when he was 16, we started the fat muscle project as an apparel company, no supplements or anything like that. And we just wanted to stand for something. And we put out high quality t-shirts and tank tops, workout gear. Right. And it was cool because it was local and we had, we had the local following and the local influence that people, you know, bought our stuff up and we would, we would sell a decent amount of money. I mean, I don't care to talk about numbers here because it's not so much about apparel anymore, but you know, there were months like we were gross bringing in, you know, 3,000, 3,500 bucks a month, just, you know, shipping shirts out and stuff right. like that. And it's, Here's the, here's the point I want to make is that was at the height of it. We were going to, you know, all the natural bodybuilding shows and setting up booths and really just trying to grow the name. We weren't worried about how much money because we didn't need the money at that point. It was more trying to grow a brand and kind of what we stood for. And man, it's hard to fucking make money on apparel. I'm just going to yeah. put that out right now. I, yeah, you that's guys, why I never touched it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys carry some shirts and stuff I noticed. Oh yeah. But it's just like really just to spread the brand. We aren't making any money. Yeah. It's so hard. I, you know, we sold out of our run of this flag shirt that we just dropped the same uh -huh. time that supplements and everybody, and they, they sold out yeah. and everybody's like, when are you going to get more of those in? I'm like, guys, those are such a pain in the ass to deal yes. with like vendors and making your shirts yep. and they fuck them up all the time because yes. somebody's making minimum wage to print them. And yep. it's just not a big money maker. But if, if you do want to try this, there is a cool place you can go. It's called ssactivewear.com. Um, you can set up an account. You just need your state your, your tax ID. It's real easy. And you can order stuff wholesale. And if you order enough, they'll give it to you with free shipping and you get blanks. So like tribal shirts or leggings for women or, you know, workout shorts for guys and you can get all that stuff. And then you can go find a local place to do your printing for you, work out a deal with them. And you can, you can make, you know, 10, 15 bucks on a, on a shirt. If you get high, the high quality stuff, and that's not bad, but the cool thing is, is if you have a client base, they're the ones that are going to buy your stuff. So, you know, 
I would I still sell Team Gorman shirts to my clients every single year, and yeah, I don't make a ton of money off of them, but I I know right. if I wanted to sell fifty of them, I could sell fifty every year. But make some kind of a cool shirt for your clients and start it out that way, or workout shorts or something like that. Um, it's it's just really hard to make money. I'm telling you, right. it's a pain in the ass. I I kind of want the apparel side of things to go away. I'm like right. Leslie, we you got this. Will you deal with this? I don't have to, but right. Um, it's tough. It's definitely tough. Yeah. I think it's like anything, man. Like if you've got a passion for it and you're like, you know, you're into graphic design and making really cool fucking designs and shit and you've got that skill, I could see where it could take off for you. But like, I think it's a tough nut to crack for like, you know, big dollars. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. Let's talk about consulting because this, this to me is kind of the this is a cool one. Um, I do the same thing as you. I do phone consults. I do mine are like 200, 290 bucks for an hour call. And it's gotten to the point where mostly I have other coaches that want to call me. That they want to yeah. talk about this. They want to talk about how to scale and grow their business. And then they'll have some physique enhancement questions, you know, you know, kind of wrap it up if we have 15 minutes left. But most of the time it's how they grow and scale their business. And I do a lot of that. And I do them when I drive because I still travel a lot. I love that. Um, good, good way. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll schedule that. And I really get to know people and that's something over the years that, that has just come with experience. So you don't have to charge 290, you can charge a hundred dollars for the sure. hour. Like it doesn't matter, but you have to have that experience and you've got to be able to add value to somebody. So I've got people that, you know, I own the gyms. There are people like, Hey, my gym's struggling. What should I right. do? I'm like, Hey, let's schedule two, two one hour consults, one this week. And then I want to follow up and do one the next week. And I've really helped those people like do things they had yeah, no idea. With. It all came from experience and you're doing the same thing. You're, you're doing it with labs and all kinds of stuff, yes. right? Yeah, I do it with labs. Um, I do 300 an hour and then I read the lab, you know, I explain to them exactly what's wrong. What's, what's the deal. Um, and then I'll give them like, you know, uh, what I would do with your nutrition, um, what I would do with your diet, uh, your training cardio, and then a full supplement plan to attack, you know, and and boost the functions as they're trying to heal. Now, obviously then it's on them, you know, to, to enact the plan and kind of still make changes and feed themselves up. But I do do that for people who just really can't afford to have me involved monthly. Um, I just did one recently for a mother whose daughter's in high school athletics and they're just training her way too much. And her cortisol was, you know, like 28, she doesn't have period. like, you know, she's starting to put on weight, you know, and doing all this activity and it's just that same old thing, you know, and it's like these coaches are pushing these girls at young ages when their bodies are into the ground, you know? And so I did that one. Um, and then I have an HRT guy who's a doctor who wants to consult with me on a few things coming up. So, you know, I like to do them. I usually do zoom. I'm actually a person who hates the cell phone. Like I can't see you. I don't know when you're getting ready to talk. Um, I hate it. Like, and some people just can't hear well, like they don't enunciate well or either I'm just getting old. So I try to set up zoom calls for mine. I'd rather just see your face and I can see when you're done talking and when I can start. And so, um, I do mine over zoom, but it's the same thing as you do on the phone. Yeah, I get you hundred percent. Let's, let's move on to one other thing. And this is something I know when things slow down, I know that you would crush this, but let's talk about writing books. Like I said, I, I've written three the, the cool thing is they all hit number one on the bestseller list on Amazon for like a day, which was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. And that's not like people hear that and they're like, Oh, holy shit. No, not New York times bestsellers. Like this is <laughs> right. Amazon yeah. new books in large print. Number one yeah. bestseller, like one tiny category out of like yeah. 300. So it's, it, it sounds cool to be able to say that. Yep. But my point is, is it, the time came in 2015 when I wrote my first book, Metabolic Capacity and Reverse Dieting. And I wrote that from years of fucking up metabolism, not reverse dieting, not feeding people up, not really understanding things. And then I wrote another one, you know, Flexible Fat Loss. And I did Ask a Diet Coach, which was just a Q&A book. And I, I don't want to say what the new one is coming out. But my point with those is anyone here listening to this podcast, and, and especially you, Jason, this is why I really hope to see you do it one day. You can self-publish your own book through, it's called um, Kindle Publishing. It's through Amazon, basically, and it's free. You just write your shit in a Word document, have someone like a a graphic design artist. Leslie does that for a living, so she does all my book covers, so it's kind of nice. But find somebody, it's real easy, make your book cover, and you upload it 
and it's done. So if you write a book, say Jason, you wrote one on metabolic resistance, right? Yep. And now you wrote it, you submit it, it's up on Amazon. If I go to Amazon to buy that book, they print it, they ship it, they send it out. You don't fucking touch it. And they send you a royalty check for like, say you sell it, sell it for 20 bucks. You're going to make a royalty check for eight and a half bucks mm-hmm. per book. So if you do the math, if you're selling three, four 500 of those a month, you're not even touching the damn thing. Right. So it's really, really good. Passive income. Yeah. It's a real nice passive income. Once you're done writing it, you just sit back and open your wallet and get that passive income. And I love passive income. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice touch. Um, you know, it might be something that I'd tackle one day, but um, I'll need less clients uh, to tackle it. I, I don't know if my brain will work. Like I know you, I know like you probably sit around at night after your clients and do it. Um, I feel like I need that downtime right now. Right. And I wouldn't be able to do it right. But yeah, it's one of those things that uh, I think it'd be really cool to do a full book on basically the course that I teach and put it in, you know, into a full book on on how you deal with metabolic compensation with the hormonal dysregulation uh, type situation. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, too, um, people need to think about it, is when you release one book, when you go to release book number two and book number three, all the other books pick up as well as soon as you release a new one. And I don't know if that has to do with how Amazon works, but dude, I'm still selling a shit ton of reverse dieting books from 2015. Like still it it sells. Yeah. So every time I release something sales on all of them go up. So now I've got that income coming in for getting ready to be four books. So I guess like, I guess they probably like get halfway in and are like, this is pretty helpful. Has this dude written anything else? And then they look, look as my guess. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it, that, that's how it works. Or when you go look at it on Amazon, it said customers also bought this. Bought book this. With. Yeah, yeah. 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 So the, the days of having all the red tape of trying to get your book approved from a publisher and all this bullshit are, are over. Um, you can, there's no red tape. Like you can go publish your own stuff. So that's just something for people to think about. Do you do a lot of citing in yours or do you just kind of write and then, and don't worry about citations? Like, you know, like research papers and, you know, like studies and things like that. Man, I'll just be honest with you. I I list studies at the back of my books um, so people can look, but I don't take the time to like put them in like specific parts of my answers. I got you. Somebody like Dr. Scott Stevenson, he writes a damn textbook, like his shit's next level. And, you know, we'll have him on the show to talk about his book, which it's fucking phenomenal. But for me, I write the book like we're sitting here doing the podcast or like when I speak. That's how I write position. too, John. Yeah. yeah. That's how I write. I, I can write shit fast and I always do all the, a lot of the writing stuff for new ethics. And then I send it to the step and she does all the grammar, but I just right. vomit out on a page and can get shit done. Like that, the, our, um, our, uh, media company that does all of our marketing wanted a book on uh the effects of cortisol and how it affects the body and i did that in one sunday and it was like 16 pages long and i did it in like four hours you know just cranked it out and then let steph deal with all the cramp (laughs) (laughs) no but you know what here's the thing i can't tell i've never had someone ever complain about not citing enough um studies and stuff like that when i just put them in the back under references but i've had I can't tell you how many people say, I love reading your books because it's just like you're sitting there and we're having a conversation. And I I never want to try and write and be someone who I'm not because I don't go look at studies every fucking night. Like I'll just be honest. I hate looking at studies unless it's something I'm super passionate about. But if I had to go find some to go with the the stuff that I'm going to say, I think at this point, the stuff I put out people, there's nothing that has to be proven by research, so to speak. So I just put out the stuff that's kind of relevant and, and people like it. So, yeah. no, it's, um, I mean, it's good to know for everyone. I mean, there's, you know, I might be thinking, God, I got to like everything I say, I have to, you know, put a citation and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So like, I just wanted the listeners, you and I had kind of talked about it before. I just wanted the listeners to hear it. Yeah. Let's talk about um, one other thing and then we'll make sure we're not leaving anything out. Let's talk about owning a gym. So I think, Oh, yeah. Dude, I think, you know, deep down, we're all kind of meatheads, you know, at heart listening to this podcast. I mean that in a, in a, an affectionate way. Like we, we really are. We love this. Like we love physique enhancement. We love muscle growth and fat loss and all this stuff, supplementation. Yes. And I think deep at the heart of everything, 
I think most of us have always thought, man, what a, I would like to just own my own gym. How cool would oh, it yeah, be to own my sure. own gym? Yep. So that's actually something that I do own now. And I've owned to had the opportunity to own more than that, but I, I decided not to, cause I knew I was going to launch the supplement line, but that's something that I wanted to shed some light on. That's definitely a podcast in and of itself. I know, I know Jeff Black and I have talked about, maybe we do it on, yeah. on your other show, the excellence yeah. cartel yeah. to where we go into the nuts and bolts, but that's one thing that if you're ever interested in that, I do want to say there's not a ton of money in owning one gym. Yeah. You, you can make a decent living if you run it. If you want to be there, you know, 40 hours, 50 hours a week, if you want to be the, the guy who owns it and manages it or girl, yeah. there's, there's okay money in that. But if you own multiple gyms, you have managers, you have staff, that's where you can start to make, you know, well into the six figures. Um, yeah. depending, and you really need to own a franchise gym. So the ones that I, I had and have are anytime fitnesses, which is the largest franchise. And the, the reason why I wanted to make sure I had those is because when it comes time to sell them, the value is so much more higher. If it were the John Gorman gym, it's only worth really what the equipment's in there and what membership base you have. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you go to sell a franchise, like the money is just so much higher, the value is so much higher. So that's, that's really what people need to really think about. But if you're looking to go out and get rich, you're not going to do it owning your own gym, but you might be happy. And that to me, sometimes it's more important than money is if you're really, really happy, you love being in there, you love seeing the members come in every day, you love just helping people and you like the day-to-day grind and being in an office away from home, then yeah. maybe maybe owning a gym is something for you. So watch watch for that, whether we cover it here or maybe over on your sister podcast, The Excellence Cartel. Uh, we'll kind of get into the nuts and bolts of that. I'll just be honest with you. I, I like owning them. I like having the staff that I have, but I never want to go sit in the gym and be in an office and be away. And you're probably the same way now, now that you're out of law, you probably like being able to run your, your businesses from your home or, or if you travel, oh, right? Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> like, no, it's, you right. couldn't, you couldn't pay me to start a business where I have to be present. Yeah to make it roll. You couldn't pay me. Like right. I, I just, I love my schedule. I train at about 1230 every day, you know, like, yeah, man, it just couldn't happen for me. I'm done. I'm done with the office life. Yeah. It, you know, it, and if Jeff doesn't have time to do it on there, maybe we have him on here, Jeff Black, because he, yeah, he's got his way. locations as well uh, because be he's, not a fran- he's not a franchise. If I know he's right. not, and he's, he's killing it, you know? Yeah. And like you said, um, Maybe his resale value won't be good as good, but like he also doesn't have to pay advertising fees. And I don't know how bad anytime fitness is, but I know when my buddy bought golds, um, I did the legal work for him and uh, I snuck in some language that at the last minute that he didn't have to uh, take over the franchise because the fucking marketing fees were so enormous. And he lit, he was in like a rural area where it really wasn't going to benefit him. Um, so then the, our owner got stuck with paying off all the fees and shit. They were trying to put it on us and we snuck that language in. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I've kind of watched guys do it and I'm curious, like where your, are your marketing fees expensive with that, with that franchise? Yeah. I mean, so here's the thing. There's a lot of, you have a lot of fees. You have a franchise fee, you have a software fee, you have a marketing fee, you have a, we're just going to give you this fucking fee because we want to monetize you fucking fee. So as you can't tell, I'm, I'm kind of fed up with a lot of that, but when it comes time to sell, I know that I'm going to make a pretty decent amount of money and the gym's grown. Thanks to my, my manager, Adam Tornowski is fucking amazing. Like if that guy ever needs a kidney, I'm going to give him one. Like that's how valuable <laughs> he's been to me. And I know Jeff's got someone like that. I can't remember her name. He does. Sarah or, yep. or, or Sarah. Yeah. 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 Like those type of people like make it all worth it. But long story short, we'll, we'll do a full podcast on that or maybe we'll do it on the other show. I, I don't really have a lot left here. There's other things that people can think about. You know, there's podcasts. People can try and monetize that. Dude, we don't run, we don't run advertisements here because all people do is fast forward to that. Like these yep. days on your phone, you just hit forward 30 yep. seconds. Yeah. I don't listen to, to, and I listen to podcasts every time I travel. So we're not going to do that here. And well, honestly, we plug our own stuff enough and not trying yes. to sell it, but we just have to, because it goes with physique enhancement. Yeah. And you know, like for the podcast, I really think, um, it's been one of the best things I've done in the last three or four years for business. Um, it, it's get, it gets my voice out there more. 
I'm not great about sitting down recording videos left and right like some people. Um, so this forces me to talk and share my ideas. And so is, you know, if someone has been thinking about it and they don't really think they have a big following, but they have someone else who's educated with them and, you know, podcast might be the way that they, they get their voice out there. Like you're not making money directly while you're recording it, but it's definitely propelled my business and I'm sure it's propelled yours. And, um, so that's another way though, to create revenue streams. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. And honestly, I, I know we just started this because we just fucking love it. Like we, we get to sit, talk about the stuff that we're passionate about and help people. So guys, that's pretty much the show for the day. If you ever want to, um, hit us up. We've got both of our emails in the show notes. So if you guys want to hit us up with questions, future guests, topics, any of that stuff, just hit us up, go to the show notes, click on the email and it should just let you send an email straight from your phone. Yep. Most of you are listening. Definitely. Um, good topic, man. Good topic. We'll talk about sure. some other stuff in the future. I've got some cool guests lined up to come on soon. We're going to do some science and application podcasts with some cool guests some PhDs, some people involved in research, but also involved in the trenches. Um, so I'll hit you up, Jason, with, with those names coming up soon. And then we'll talk about sponsorships at some point here in the very near future. Um, anything else you want to add to this, man? I think this was a pretty in-depth business podcast. No, I think we gave some pretty nice uh, revenue streams. I mean, the, the one, you know, uh, I guess I touched on, but we didn't talk about it again. But you know, we do own the feed for function and we don't have to go into it too much, but, um, you know, there is obviously applications on the software side and creating apps and things for coaches and trainers and things like that. So, um, that's been a nice, uh, six figure business for us. And once you build the app, it's kind of just passive income, which I love. I love income that I can sit on the beach and just watch it, you know, come in. Um, so, you know, software is definitely, and apps are definitely areas if you you excel in that. And really, hell, you could be a no one completely and create a badass app. And if it's awesome, people are going to buy it. Like, um, so, you know, that's just another revenue stream um, down the line. Good one. Good one. Okay, man, we're going to shut it down for myself and Jason. We're out of here. Thanks, guys. See ya.